are listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Meet and Write. Uh, we're very honored uh, again to have a good friend of mine, a, a great spiritual father, uh, Father Anthony Mesa. So we're very blessed to have him here for another episode on Meet and Write. Well, Father, we got uh, some questions in, and, and we just want to know how can we gain more from the liturgy or how can I engage myself uh, so I can benefit more from liturgy instead of just kind of going through the motions every week and and just come in and out without really feeling the impact or benefit from the liturgy. So what are kind of practical things that I can do to gain more from the divine liturgy? So after the last uh, podcast, when I kind of mentioned the idea of investing in the liturgy and Michael asked me to come back and talk about this, I jumped at the opportunity because I believe that the liturgy is full of everything that we need in life and our problem is it's it's where we're not getting out of and getting out of it what is meant to be and so many times people tell me exactly like you just said michael like the liturgy is boring and my response to them which makes people laugh which i don't mean it in a disrespectful way i say the liturgy is not boring actually you are boring because the liturgy is full of all kinds of new things every week every week the liturgy is completely different than the week before and the reason why is because of first and foremost is the readings of the liturgy. And I and I always liken it to, let's say you have a meeting um, at work on Monday morning with your CEO and he sends you an email on Friday saying I need to meet with you early Monday morning and at the bottom of the email he has an attachment with the agenda. Would you open that document? Of course you would. You wouldn't go into the meeting without looking at the agenda that the CEO has put together for his one-on-one meeting with you. So the the readings of the liturgy are like the agenda for our meeting with God every Sunday. And every Sunday is different. And one week we're going to come and he's going to tell us the story of Zacchaeus who uh, found new life and found salvation at this meeting with Christ. The next week we may come and read about the great commandment. Um, where our Lord Jesus Christ told us that there's nothing more important than love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So those two liturgies have a completely different feel based on the readings, and that includes the Pauline epistle, the Catholic epistle, the Acts reading, the Psalm, the Synexarium, and that also includes the readings from the early morning matins, which I know many times we don't pay any attention to, and the night before Vespers. Like what I'm trying to say is the church has a special, special message with every single liturgy, and it's completely different. A liturgy during Lent is different than a liturgy during the Holy 50. All right, Not just the readings, but also like the hymns of the church and the rituals of the church. So I think doing something like this podcast where you can dig deeper um, into the readings and into the rituals of the church, I think this is, is the primary way that you, that you prepare for the liturgy and that you get more out of it and that you show up at the meeting on Sunday morning prepared and knowing what's the topic and you're really ready to receive the message as opposed to just kind of coming in and not knowing your head from your feet and knowing what's going on that day. Well, thank you for that, Father. I mean, definitely for me personally, reading the readings in advance have made a huge impact on coming to church the next day and really gaining more from, from the liturgy as knowing, preparing myself, uh, knowing the readings in advance. And if for some of you guys that are wondering where can I read those readings in advance, the best way to do it is, is downloading an app called Coptic Reader. And there's a tab on the app where it has readings where you can read all the readings from the Vespers Gospel to Matins and all the Liturgy of the Word readings right there to prepare for liturgy on Sunday. So, Father, besides 
reading the readings before liturgy, is there anything else that we can do in order to gain more from, from participating in the divine liturgy? So I always give the formula as like the three R's. I say there's three R's to, to being ready for the divine liturgy and to kind of maximize your experience on Sunday morning. The first R is the readings, which we just spoke about, and being prepared with those. The second R, which doesn't sound like a very spiritual thing, it kind of, you know, you may, you may laugh and you may say it's not needed, but for me personally, it's just as important as the readings, which is rest. I believe that when you show up on Sunday morning, and you've had like five hours of sleep, and you had a rough night the night before, and you have no energy, then you're, you have no shot of, of enjoying the liturgy on Sunday morning. Like you got no chance when you come in unrested. So for me, it's super important. Like what we do on Saturday nights affects what we're going to experience on Sunday mornings. And the church always taught us this. That's why there's the service of Vespers. The Sunday morning liturgy begins on Saturday night. And on Saturday, if really something important is going to happen on Sunday, then Saturday night we should be preparing for it. And that means getting to bed at an early hour, you know, not going out and, and doing crazy things and, and, and staying out till the wee hours of the morning or even just playing video games or watching movies. If Sunday morning is so important to us, then it should affect what we do on Saturday night. So for me personally... I, sometimes people say, you know, my wedding or in this reception or whatever Saturday night, like I understand, I want to be there for everyone. But for me, when I am not rested on a Sunday morning, it affects my ability to pray, affects my ability to preach, affects my ability to focus and concentrate. So don't underestimate the importance of getting a good night's sleep on Saturday night, wake up on Sunday fresh, ready to go early, like boom, like you're rested and you're able to focus. So my first R was reading, my second R is rest, and my third R is repent. And it's funny, you know, so many times people say, you know, what are the rules for communion? And what, are, you know, when do I have to stop eating? And, you know, what do I need to be doing for communion? I always tell them that all those rules are, are very important. They are super duper important. But the main rule of communion, the number one rule is repentance. And there is no communion with God without repentance. Man cannot approach God without repentance. So I'm not saying you have to like confess every Saturday before going to, to communion on Sunday, but I do believe that you should repent. And if you don't repent, answer me this question. When we spend all of Sunday morning, half of our time there, we spend it saying, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. If you don't have a spirit of repentance and you haven't examined yourself and you're not coming with a, a, a contrite heart, what are you saying, Lord, have mercy for? You're just going through the motions or is there really a spirit of repentance? So we definitely need to focus on the rules, but more importantly, like the number one rule is that we cannot approach God without a spirit of repentance. Go look at Isaiah when he had the vision of God in Isaiah chapter 6, and he says, as soon as he sees that vision, he says, woe is me, I am undone. That's repentance, all right? And we need to have that broken and contrite heart. So it's readings, it is uh, rest, and it's repentance. And under readings kind of goes ritual. It's kind of my fourth little mini R, but um, readings and rest and repentance. All right, thank you for that, Father. So definitely before church, I need to read the readings in advance that I need to come rested, and that I need to come with a repentant heart. So I do all that, and then I come to church Sunday, and 
I still get easily distracted even when I do those three R's. Uh, do you have any advice or suggestion of, of anything else I can do to really gain more uh, from liturgy besides those three? So there is no like foolproof strategy, no matter how much you prepare. There's no foolproof strategy that says if you do A, B, and C, then you'll be able to focus. You won't get distracted. I, I always liken distraction during prayer, especially during the liturgy, to for those who grew up in maybe in the south or kind of a hot, humid place when the gnats are out in the summer. Okay, those little gnats, and they're always bugging you, and they're all over your face, and, and you kind of swipe them away, and you kind of brush them away with your hand, and they go away for a second. But then what happens shortly thereafter is they come right back. So you're not going to sit there and just let them eat away at your face. You're going to spend most of your time standing out there, and you're going to kind of brush them away. Well, the liturgy is kind of the same way in that distractions will come, and thoughts will come, and you don't just accept it and just say, well, I'm a distracted person. you got to fight against them. Okay, and the way that you fight against them, you have to brush them away. The way that you fight against them is by engaging yourself in the actual prayers. And this is one where I cannot emphasize this enough, that if you come to the liturgy as a passive participant, like if you come like you're watching a movie or like you're coming to an opera or a play, like you're just going to sit there and you're going to see uh, so-and-so did this and then the priest did this and then this deacon messed up that and then they didn't click on the right thing and then uh, this kid is running back and forth like if that's if that's kind of your approach on Sunday mornings you're gonna benefit nothing because the liturgy again it's the work of the people it's not a show it's not a movie you have to participate and the number one way we participate is by singing along and reciting the prayers as they are being prayed so when we I make a big point of emphasis at our church that when it's time for the creed all right we don't just stand there and we believe we stand, and I turn, and I face the congregation, and we say with one loud voice, we believe in one God, God the Father, the Pantocrator, okay, and so on. Same with the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so many, so often, the Lord's Prayer is prayed this way. Our Father, I don't know what that is, okay? That, that equals, that's what I do when I go to sleep, all right? We recite the Lord's Prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Like we recite it with meaning and with like feeling. And same thing with all the prayers. When we're singing through the intercessions, then we are putting in our mind Virgin Mary and we're asking her intercessions. When we're saying, Lord, have mercy, we're in front of the king and we're bowing down together. And we are reciting it with our voices, but not just our voices, with our hearts as well. There's a verse that St. Paul says that with our hearts we believe and with our mouths we confess. And we need both. We need our hearts to believe and then we need our mouths to confess. And that's why, again, the more we understand, we know the hymns, we understand the rituals that are taking place, we participate in them. I'll tell you something, for me personally, I used to attend liturgy so often as a passive participant for most of my childhood. And then I remember when I started getting into the hymns and singing along and caring about what we're doing. I'm telling you, it's a very weird thing. I can't explain this scientifically. But the more you participate, the shorter the liturgy gets. I remember before I was participating, it'd be like torture, it'd be like 5,000 hours is what it seemed like. But then once you start participating and you know what's going on, it flies by because you're in it, not just watching it. And I'll add to what Father Anthony is saying is the church in her wisdom gives us so many other ways to engage ourselves in liturgical worship. We have prostrations that engage us to, to decrease our mind, decrease our intellect, and to, to be really led by the Spirit into God. And the church gives us uh, the sign of the cross. 
It's a physical activity that reminds me that I find strength, I find power, and I find victory in the power of the cross. So all these activities that the church gives me, plus many other things, is what really helps me get engaged in worship with my, with my heart, my mind, my spirit, my soul. Every part of me is engaged through all these various things. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Father Anthony. I really appreciate uh, for you doing this podcast with us, and uh, hopefully we'll have more to come. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out CoptaKimsInEnglish.com.